At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. to the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And this episode of the Cryptid Keeper is brought to you by Trans Artist of the Day on Twitter. Listen, we are all looking for new art to enjoy and artists to support. So why not go to twitter.com right this instant and follow Charlie Arlett at Charlie Arlett, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-A-R-L-E-T, Laura Platt at Laura Platt Music, and Roy at Roy Straws, R-O-Y-C-E-D-R-A-W-S. I assume Roy is just Roy, so that's pretty cool. Roy got just the most enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I really enjoy, like, artists that go just by one, you know, punch of a name. I think it's beautiful. So Roy, like, that's a name I can support, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's at Royce Draws, you said? At Royce Draws, absolutely. Very good. So you're saying a listener could just go to one of these Twitter feeds and maybe see some amazing art? I'm saying that you absolutely could, and you'd be supporting an incredible cause. But you can also follow the Trans Artist of the Day account itself on Twitter by going to at trans underscore artists, which is again, trans artist of the day at trans underscore artists, and follow any of the individuals that are being promoted there and the work that's being featured. You're sure to find a whole bunch of new favorites and be spreading some good, good energy out into the world while you do it. And remember, stay kind to yourself and others. And Roy. (laughs) Especially Roy. Alex, you can't pick favorites. (laughs) Um, I think I'm allowed to do whatever I want. This is one half my podcast. (laughs) All right, you're pulling rank, I see. I am, yeah. I will abuse that privilege. (laughs) So, uh, what do you got for us today? Mm. Okay, I managed to not get caught off guard before, but I did get caught off guard just now because I was drinking coffee when you asked me a question. But that's okay. I, first of all, would like to preface this by saying that... This is yet another uh, thing that I wanted to cross off my list of episodes I've been wanting to do and talking about doing. Oh, dunk. Yeah. And also, I, I wanted to say all um, up front, especially because I've been interacting with a lot of, uh, I think, people that are also listeners on Twitter about this as I completed this journey. Uh, I just finished watching a couple days ago The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And so I have been thinking very heavily about ghosts. I also would like to say that I, I think it's... A beautiful piece of television, one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. Also, please exercise extreme caution if you want to watch it. It's got a lot of really, uh, a really potentially triggering content about loss and yeah, death, and uh, as you might expect in a ghost story. But it got me thinking about ghosts really heavily, especially just kind of the nature of ghost stories and kind of the implicit combination of they're obviously meant to be spooky they're always spooky and just kind of these sort of melancholy undertone they have also that always kind of fascinated me when I was young and I want to do an episode today on women in white Ooh! so women in white uh, I've mentioned this on the show before and there are some more famous women in white that deserve their own episodes for example La Llorona she deserves her own episode. We'll have an episode on her in the future, I'm sure. Just as a little note, I won't be covering La Llorona today or a couple other uh, really famous women in white with really rich, lengthy stories and histories of sightings uh, that I'm sure will come up by name, but I won't be covering them in detail because I want to save them for their own future episodes. But Well, totally. And something like La Llorona is something I would especially love to get like a guest artist on here. Oh, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. But Women in White, I've mentioned on here before, are a certain type, extremely popular 
popular might not be the right word, extremely, <laughs> extremely common type of figure in ghost stories. Essentially, like enough that there is a Wikipedia entry specifically for white lady ghost and they don't mean like a white lady like racially they mean a lady in all white um, right of course you see that pop up a lot and the first time it came up it did make me laugh out loud though because it was like white lady ghost <laughs> and i'm like i mean yeah i'm sure there's a couple but <laughs> i knew it was prominent i didn't know it was quite as globally prominent as it is there is a woman in white story in pretty much every single part of the world and i won't i don't have time to touch on nearly as many of them as there are but as a general idea and this is actually a great this just from the wikipedia page like this summary works beautifully but Mm -hmm. they're a type of female ghost dressed in all white reportedly seen in rural areas and associated with a local legend of tragedy they're told in many countries around the world but most prominent in parts of the united states ireland and great britain And then common to many of these legends is the theme of loss of a daughter or husband and a sense of purity before death. There is, and the white sort of conveys that, there's an interesting sort of separation between some of the stories because a lot of them are sort of just general, like most ghost stories I feel like that get told over and over again. There's nothing really that scary about it beyond the fact that it is a ghost that is there. It's not a threatening Mm -hmm. encounter. Like... I think probably my one of the most famous versions of the Lady in White story, uh, famous enough that it was sort of, it was sort of da- adapted for a, I think the first episode of Supernatural, if not one of the first, is uh, the you uh, and this is I'm not even going to do specifics right now because this is like something you get told around a campfire or in school by like an older kid who knows all the ghost stories uh-huh. is. A man is driving. I'm going to just like, you know, I do a, a podcast where I tell scary stories, guys. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to break you off a little bit of that right now for free. So, wow. For free, you say? <laughs> for free, I say. I'm very magnanimous. So a man is driving down an empty back road late at night. Maybe it's raining. It's probably raining. I'm going to do sound design. You keep going. OK. Things are probably scarier in the rain. It's raining. And he, as he's winding around a curve, he sees a young woman standing by herself on the side of the road in a long white dress. She's drenched from the rain. She's by herself. It's the middle of the night. Is it windy? It's windy. Maybe there's a crash of thunder. (laughs) So he stops. He picks her up and asks her if she needs a ride. And she accepts He drives her to the address she's given him. The whole time, she's very quiet. She doesn't really speak. She um, doesn't really interact with the driver. She just sort of sits and stares out the window, watching the raindrops hit the glass. Thank you. And he arrives at the address, and it's just another stretch of street. Uh, There's no houses there. He lets her out. He asks, are you sure this is the right place? She says, yes, this is the right place. And... Then she goes, but as she, le- this is like an extra one. This is the one I always learned is as she leaves, she like leaves her shawl or her uh-huh. scarf or whatever in the thing. Oh, I missed a step too. I'm really bad at this. I don't have a script. <laughs> she has him drive her by another house first, like, but they don't stop. Like there's a house that she asks him to stop mm-hmm. and like she looks out the window at and then they keep driving and he drops her off at the, like, stretch of street. I'm sorry. I'm super bad at this. It's okay. Um, it's fine. Just keep going. Look, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee, okay? Um, then the next day, he realizes she left her scarf or her shawl or whatever version of the story mm-hmm. your fr- cousin Billy is telling you. And he drives back to the address. Obviously, there's no house there. So then he goes back to the house where they stopped. He goes up, knocks on the door. An old woman answers and he explains that he's looking for this young woman that he drove. He describes her. And the woman says, of course, oh, well, that sounds just like my daughter, but she died 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Then who was phone? Yeah. And then she gives the, she gives him the name He drives back to the address she gave him originally, and sure enough, it's right by a cemetery where she is buried, and he leaves her shawl on the gravestone for her as, uh, like, a well, thanks for not ghost murdering me, I guess. And that's the story. (laughs) 
Exactly as it was first written, I've changed no details. None whatsoever. This is the <laughs> one made, and only. Nor made a single mistake. No, I mean, I think it's all the rage right now to tell stories sort of out of chronological order. So I found that really oh, contemporary good. and engaging. <laughs> that was a narrative choice, actually, you guys? Yeah, so. I, I really enjoyed the way that your particular version of the story leaned on the unreliable narrator trope. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I found it to be very refreshing. Oh, good. Perfect. That's thanks so much. Uh, <laughs> there is a lady in white, by the way, right by me, like right in my backyard, my new backyard. Like right now? <laughs> oh my god! No, no, no! Uh, <laughs> this actually, I have with me here today. <laughs> oh my god, Ellen, you didn't. So <laughs> um, I hear you like ghost stories. No, I was gonna say that you find a couple different entries about her if you look up if you look up lady in white you find like a trillion different things like absolutely just endless articles but sure, yeah. specifically you do also find that there is a lady in white story based right in hollywood right by me there is mm-hmm. apparently a ghost and i won't like stay too listen longer. baby i don't mean to be the one to tell you this but there are a million stories in hollywood what <laughs> makes you think yours is so special <laughs> Okay, well you're gonna you're gonna feel really bad when I tell you about the ghost. Okay, tell me about the ghost. And now she's the ghost of an actress who died after a bad review of a movie she started. Yep. And um, she, you see, uh, for eighty years, people have reported seeing the lady in white who haunts the hill where the Hollywood sign is located. She has a white, long white dress, a skeletal face, and she haunts around the Hollywood sign, and people have reported her for a really long time. And any visitor who happens to encounter her has been scared for the rest of their life. Oh. (laughs) I think that might just be, I don't know if those are related or not. (laughs) (laughs) She just happens to be seen by people with anxiety troubles, because I'm scared all the time, and I've never seen her, so. I mean, fair. I was very happy to discover that you can kind of find a Lady in White story pretty much anywhere you want to. <laughs> um, Where's the website for that? Where's like Lady and Ladies in White near me? Um, Alex, you're gonna really you're gonna really feel bad, but uh, it's Lady in White pages. <laughs> Ooh, okay. No, it's not real. I'm, um, but that's what. Oh, I was hoping you were gonna tell me it was. No, Lady in White pages. That's that's where you look up. <laughs> How much would it cost me to buy this URL? I don't know. You want to look right now while I decide I which am, story to yeah. pull up first? Oh, I'm ahead of you. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to tell you about an iteration of the Lady in White from Brazil. Okay. The Brazilian urban legend. I would like to just sort of veer in and out of the written uh, voice that this is under. Uh, this is, by the way, a source. This is from bemshalpalo.com. It's a... Uh, like it looks it's like a tourism website for Sao Paulo mm-hmm. and this was written under culture and history by Eric Moore in 2015 credit where credit is due Eric so this is a Brazilian iteration of the lady in white we've got some flavor text here love it I first of all I love I always love this Dean not his real name it says that I'm, that's not me <laughs> should have known better but he did it anyway Perhaps it was his celebratory mood, or maybe it had to do with the excessive number of capareñas he had been drinking. Capareñas, by the way, are a uh, a cocktail my mom enjoyed when we went to Brazil. They're like uh, made of this, um, it's called cachaça. It's like a sugarcane alcohol and like lime. But anyway, <laughs> that's just if you wanted to know. Either way, Dean, a 48-year-old divorcee, flattened the few remaining wisps of his hair across the front of his smooth head and followed the lady out of the bar. This is so evocative. I know. I feel like I really see Dean. Yeah, I feel like I I get him. And his impending doom. Because the next day, when Dean failed to return to the hotel, his associates called the police. They reported that Dean was a purchasing executive for a major supermarket chain. Oh, There's well. Like so much. You really need to know this for the ghost story to have any impact, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it was their last night out in Sao Paulo, and they had been out celebrating. Dean met a woman, a beautiful woman with dark eyes and a dimpled smile. She wore a simple, sleeveless white dress that reached down to the floor. They don't remember her saying much, or anything for that matter, but they found her exceedingly charming nonetheless. Wow, what a surprise. Middle-aged businessmen liked it when the women woman didn't talk. Huh, um, weird. 
The police had heard similar stories before. They would hear them again. Dean was just another victim of Dama Branca. So the legend of the lady in white began in the middle of the 1800s. It started inside the home of a shoe cobbler just outside of Sao Paulo. And he wanted to open a shop in the middle of the city. And he had no money to open his shop in the middle of the city. He had his wife and five children, lots of dreams, little ambition. As the years went by, his oldest daughter grew into a beautiful young woman, breathtakingly so. She had dark eyes and dimples, smooth skin, the color of rich caramel. And I don't know why I chose that pronunciation of caramel. Caramel. I hated that I did that. That was terrible and maybe the worst thing I've ever done. And long curly hair that bounced around the small of her back as she walked through the streets. As you can imagine, she was quite the gal about town. Attracted the attention of many a suitor, but she never expressed any interest in marriage. So, he refused every suitor that asked for her hand. But then... But then... But then... A wealthy sugar plantation owner came to the town, came into the cobbler's shop, and saw the cobbler's daughter walk through the door, and this is straight from the story, into his cruel little heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's no good. So he visited for three weeks. He brought gifts. He brought promises and proposals and offered a really large dowry. And then, obviously, as you can imagine, because this is a ghost story and things that have to go, things that have to happen, things that happen, good Lord Addison, help, have to be sad. (laughs) That was such an elegant sentence. Things that happen have to be sad. Her father married her off to the <clears throat> to this man, and they had a deeply unhappy marriage, as you might imagine. Didn't go well, as these sort of things never do. The story makes sure to let us know that few attended the wedding, and the ones that did cried the entire time. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. So, uh, yeah, she basically refused to... Basically, this story is a lot dark, like, gets a lot darker, like, than I would really want to get into on here. Uh, Like, this story has some, like, really, you know, kind of like when we talked about the devil bird and we had to sort of skirt around some of the really, really dark stuff. Yeah. This particular story, I'm going to just try to, I'll go ahead and put a disclaimer on this episode in general. As much as I can skirt around the, like, over-the-top dark stuff, because this is a legend and not the story ostensibly of a like known real person that I would feel like I needed to give Mm -hmm. a certain amount of like time to discussing because it's a real thing that happened. I'm just going to just kind of spare us little bits of that, but she wasted away in misery essentially. And yeah, became a ghost. And here's the thing. Every few months, a man will go missing in Sao Paulo. The story is always the same. A beautiful woman in a sleeveless white dress is seen leading the victim out of the bar. No one can ever remember her speaking, but they always remember her smile. They always remember her dimples. I have a soft spot for a vengeance ghost. Because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think she should be taking this out on people who have no part in it. Like, clearly that's projection and that's, like, not the healthiest strategy. But I have to a little bit respect where she's coming from. Like, a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Of course, a little bit. Yeah, like, this is the... Okay, not the same. Uh, When you look up women in white, uh, you find a lot of uh, also Japanese ghosts, so that reminds me of... When I talked about the Kuchisake Ona, the slit yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. woman, uh, if you haven't heard that episode, to go back and listen. Obviously, I don't endorse her behavior toward random pedestrians. They've not done anything to her. But, like, she did go through something pretty rough, and that does change a person and a ghost. I think that a lot of these women in white, might you might want to paint them as a villain, but I'm just saying that... People have different responses to them. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm like trying I don't know either. really hard to um, not come out on the side of ghost murder. <laughs> but I'm also like, her husband was a monster. Right. Um. So I have good news and bad news. Okay. Which do you want first? Okay, I'm really, tr- I'm really nervous. Uh, give me the bad news first. Okay. The bad news is I was trying to look for ladyinwhitepages.ghost. And apparently .ghost is not a usable URL anywhere. Which is uh. dumb. Because I've seen a lot of like custom URLs that are less dope than that. 
And I, I know feel you like could have a dot it horse. should be considered. Yeah, so why not dot ghost? Excuse me. Extremely rude. Um, right to the, your internet service provider. The good news is yeah. <laughs> ladyandwhitepages.com is available for 99 cents for the first year. Alex. Alex, are you going to do this? <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> it just redirects to the Cryptic Keeper Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Or the Etsy page. Or, hear me out, we build a website. Uh, attractive young singles near you? Please. I don't need that. I need beautiful. Thank God. <laughs> Looking for murder ghosts near me. I need. We'll match you up with a vengeful spirit willing to do the things you're not. Mm-hmm. Cannot guarantee you will not also meet an untimely end. So, or that she'll get the right rando. I mean, she does kind of just like murdering sidewalk dudes. <laughs> uh, Someone will die. It may or may not be yours. <laughs> another, uh, another figure that deserves uh, that deserves her own episode because, my goodness, the name recognition, the star power. There can be 100 people in a room that don't believe in you. No, that 99 don't believe in you, but one does, and she's also a ghost. Um, <laughs> we need to give her own episode, but Bloody Mary comes up time and time again when you research women in white. Yes. Because in most iterations of her story, she appears in a beautiful white gown that is splattered with blood. So I'm not going to... I just. She's mentioned on a lot of my sources. I wanted to go ahead and acknowledge her. You have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, when someone's been out here, been like rebranding the woman in white, just being the absolute icon of what that means for so long, you have to like give her credit. But oh, yeah, I respect the hustle. Um, what if I bought this domain and then it just goes directly to this episode? You could do that if you wanted to do that. Like, you could do that, is the thing. How far am I willing to go for a joke? Oh, Historically, that's... the answer is pretty far. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Alex. That's I don't know if that's a that's that's not a, a question you want to ask me. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. I am paying attention. It's okay. I respect that you also have to. Uh, I respect the hustle. So I'd like to hop over to <laughs> the wonderfully named magazine topic. Um, oh, you know which. Okay, I appreciate the minimalism, and I know that minimalism is a brand right now, but I also love that that sounds a little bit like something on the older, like, uh, more tightly put-together episodes of Portlandia that someone would call their zine, because they'd be like, well, what's your zine about? It's about topics, all kinds of topics. So what should we call it? Topic? Topic. It's brilliant. It's minimalist. It makes no assumptions. It doesn't condescend to the audience. Anyway, enough of me being weirdly rude to this magazine. It's almost as good as now beat slash beat now. (laughs) Oh, I love when a Christmas Prince canon makes its way into our conversations. So there is this beautiful, actually, I do recommend you look at the, you all look this piece up because this article is actually, it it does include a lot of ghost stories like distilled into this list, but it actually is particularly supposed to be about this photography project. It's this photographs by Charles Frager and the styling by Laurent Dumberwitz, and it is a photo set of models dressed and styled in the in the style um, as these iconic women in white ghosts. So there are these beautiful photographs that accompany this, but. I also liked it because there's a very nice kind of compilation of some of the bigger stories. And the article slash photo set that you can find, this is on www.topic.com slash, and this is with a hyphen between each word, something wraith-like this way comes. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the title of this article. And also, I should specifically mention that a lot of these ghosts, the reason La Llorona comes up uh, is because a lot of these ghosts also fall under a category <laughs> that people, and this is not like an official cryptozoological scientific category, I don't mean to say that, but it's a lot of people use this phrase, a wailing woman ghost or wailing women. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're sort of like you'd think of for a banshee, they are ghosts that cry. <laughs> they cry a lot. Girl, same. So I also love something this article points out here at the beginning before it gets into the specific stories. They say, this genre of ghost story, which I call wailing women, is centered on fear. 
specifically male fears about women with ambition, women who crave power and independence, display anger, or seek ownership over their own sexuality. And as a horror fan and fan of general spooky stories and, like, ghost stories, all of this wonderful, Mm -hmm. scary stuff from, like, my early days and also a lover of just, you know, women wrecking oppressive systems, uh, I'd like to say that the intersection of those narratives is very special to me and means a lot to me and is something I could probably yell about for a very long time. I love when women in stories are like monstrous figures. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that's always fascinated me, even when they're intended to not be likable. And this is something I even talked about. I've talked about in previous episodes of this show. I, It's very important to me when the way that, and I'm just, this is I, this is truly like something that I'm, I'm, I'm choking up because I'm like very passionate about this. Um, the way that uh, we used to, we societally punish these things in women by sort of painting the ones that acted out as sort of monstrous figures or mm-hmm. you have like, like, um, like, oh, she, like, or the idea of this ultimate scary thing being like this woman who may or may not be a threat to men because that's like such this rare idea. I the the way that I've seen a lot of women reclaim like monster women or like vengeful female ghosts oh, yeah. and the way that I've seen like certain creators in like revenge horror uh treat this is I I'm not being articulate about this at all and I'm really angry because this is something I care a lot about and that's why that's why I'm getting choked up. It it um I <laughs> I don't have... I'm so angry. I talk for my my job. I have a few things to say, and maybe uh, you can gather your thoughts yeah, while please. I present those Thank thoughts. You. I think that ghosts are fascinating because they kind of subvert a little bit of the expectations that we have in terms of monstrous women, which is that mm-hmm. a lot of times, and this is just specifically me speaking from a folkloric standpoint influenced by like Appalachian, because that's typically where I'm coming mm-hmm. from here. Which is what you see a lot is this idea of like granny witches, for example, right? So like we have Mm -hmm. the whole maiden mother crone archetype and like crones are typically the terrifying magical ones. They're the ones like who are super powerful and to have these like who can live on their own and not need to have the influence of men or the patriarchal system around them. They're sort of liberated from it at the trade-off of like having their youth and beauty, right? That's sort of the way that this goes Mm -hmm. is like the ugly old woman who lives on the hill and doesn't have anybody else who like is cursed with these magical powers and how that's usually very often actually a gift. It's like, she's extremely powerful and she doesn't need anybody else. And she isn't beholden Mm -hmm. to, like being married off or anything. She's liberated from a lot of these things. She's transcended them. But what's fascinating about ghosts is that most often when ghosts show up, they're immortalized in the maiden archetype. So you have women Mm -hmm. who are young, who are beautiful, who are at their sexual prime or who like, and usually that's part of why they're missing. It was some horrible gendered violence wrought upon them in the prime of their life. Exactly. But now they're at this point where like, they're beautiful, they're perpetually young, they're powerful, and they're untouchable. And, like, that's really fascinating. And it's also, of course, deeply yes. tragic because she is dead. Like, she did have to go through yes. a horrible trauma to get there. But now she exists in this form where nobody can physically touch her. She cannot be physically desired. She cannot be physically constrained or, like, held back or trapped or anything like that her entire Mm -hmm. definition is not being bound by physical restraints and she is like Mm -hmm. capable of these incredible powerful things because of it and so it's a very sad thing but also it represents something that we don't see so frequently in the metaphorical archetypal sort of monster woman thing which is that she's somebody who gets to maintain and again, gets to his loose terminology because again, she was murdered. I know what you mean. But like someone who encapsulates all of these qualities that we associate with the maiden ideal, but who has all of these powers that transcend that concept. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being able to distill that into words so well. I'm really frustrated because. Sometimes, I guess, obviously, when emotion comes into play, it makes it a little bit harder to articulate things. At least for me, that's that's yeah, my totally. personal hang up. But I, I want to get a little real for a second, and not like real in a 
super don't turn off your your phones it's gonna be fine like we're gonna come out of this okay i'm not like gonna make you feel sad i hope but like as a uh someone who has my own experiences with uh like gendered violence and i won't Mm -hmm. like get into that like too much there is something also very uh very powerful about this idea i love vengeful spirits like this Mm -hmm. in this specific way this sort of idea that a lot of the time, and and this is this is of course obvi- again rooted in something very tragic. But for I think myself and a lot of other a lot of people who've been through terrible things, it can sort of there's this catharsis to be had in the idea that the victim of this this violence or whatever has happened this this tragedy is not gone, and not only is she not gone, she's like refused like. I will stand on this hillside every night and scream into the void until you have borne witness to what was done to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, there's something, like, there's something primal and visceral in that. Yeah, I think there's also something beautiful about it. And I can't quite speak to this experience with the same, you know, like, relevance that you can. And so I don't mean to speak over you. Um, no, you're not. But at the same time, I think there's something really fascinating and beautiful about the idea that, like, a lot of the wrongdoing that results in the women in these stories or the the creatures or the specters is the result of a very physical wrongdoing for which one of the main problems is, is that we're not usually left with physical evidence. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me that that is such a strong metaphorical and like poetic image and tragedy for which, like, the strength of the ghost comes from this non-tangible but perpetually present, uh, I guess, entity, right? Like, the idea that somebody mm-hmm. could do a thing that leaves behind no physical evidence and they're tormented for the rest of their life by a, an image that maybe only they can see. Like, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It actually reminds me, and we're talking about ghosts, so this still fits, okay, friends? It reminds me of this, uh, and I've heard this pop up. This one seems to be, like, a pretty common, like, campfire story Mm -hmm. adjacent, like, classic ghost story in, like, East Asian countries, because I've heard it come out, I've heard an iteration of it come out of Japan and an iteration of it come out of Korea. Um, And essentially, the idea of it is a man... uh, a man uh, has a wife and has a son whatever the events happen that transpire either like the man is painted from the beginning of the story as being like kind of a terrible man or like there's some sort of like he found out she was cheating with his brother and in a jealous fit of rage whatever happens Mm -hmm. he has killed his wife and he feels from that day on he feels this this strange heaviness in his body this ache and his back starts having problems and his shoulders hurt all the time and he notices that his son doesn't seem particularly concerned about where his mother has Mm -hmm. gone he doesn't seem to be asking about her he doesn't seem to be upset and so one day finally his father asks him why aren't you why aren't you asking for your mother why aren't you worried about her or, like, or don't you miss her? And he says, well, she hasn't gone anywhere. Although I have been wondering why you just carry her around on your back. Oh, man. And that's the story. And that's a classic, like, you are not... Maybe you weren't caught mm-hmm. for what you did, but you're not free of it. Yeah. And you never will be. Um, and there's something satisfying a little bit. As spooky as that ending yeah. is, because it is very spooky. Um, there's something... Satisfying yeah, it's really well. fascinating. Um, this is not totally a woman in white thing. This is just more ghosts in general. But you were talking about Haunting of oh, Hill no, House, fine. which um, oh I still haven't watched and probably won't. It's a little bit... I was going to say it's. it might be... Yeah. I, and I that's a, it's a show that I fully respect that there are people for whom that is just not going to be yeah, a good thing totally. to Yeah, totally. And I mean, we've talked about it, you and I at least, personally, on many late yes. night car rides. Um, but I am somebody who has a pretty deep and personal relationship with like generational trauma and somebody for whom not only just me, but many generations back of my family, it's like a really sad story. Uh, There's a lot of really 
just no, that's the only word for it is just deeply sad. There's a lot of deeply sad family history wrapped up in the past several generations mm-hmm. of my family. And I know enough about Haunting of Hill House and I, I know a lot of spoilers. So like I'm not I'm still very much mm-hmm. in awe of the beautifulness of this story, and I'm not, like, missing out and making assumptions about this story. I am familiar with what it is and what it goes through. But that kind of ghost story is the one that I probably most relate to. Just this idea of this space that exists and these ghosts that haunt this space and these people that are constantly influencing your ability to become whatever you're going to become. And, in fact, you know at the risk of spoiling anything, sometimes the ghosts are very intertwined with the things that you have yet to encounter in your own life. Mm -hmm. And the way that the things that have happened before you can play a role in that sort of predetermination of the things that you are allowed to experience. And that's like just a really fascinating thing. But I have always found ghosts beautiful for that reason, for the idea that even once Mm -hmm. people are gone and once tragedies have occurred long before you were even born, those echoes can still shape so much of your life and the people that come after you and the decisions that you're capable of making. And I think that ghosts are really fascinating for that reason. Like, absolutely, it's easy to get wrapped up in like the Halloween time ghost fun of like, who was phone? But like ghosts at their Mm -hmm. core are, you're so right, deeply tragic. Like we don't think about that all the time, but in order for a ghost to exist, something happened here, right? <laughs> yeah, something horrible has happened. Yeah, like, ghosts don't just sort that's- of happen. Like, there are some stories where, like, vampires or werewolves or what have you, like, just happen. And a lot of times they are sad, but not intrinsically. It's not intrinsically part of the horror of the story that something has already gone terribly wrong. But ghosts mm-hmm. are, right? Like, ghosts don't just happen when somebody dies peacefully. Exactly. And I, I feel like I, I'm not I don't feel like I should apologize per se. I feel like I should at least acknowledge I uh, I am a little bit sorry if you were hoping for a little bit less waxing, uh, waxing philosophical and a little bit more ghosts. I'm going to fire some off here at the very end. <laughs> but I also am glad to have this conversation. And this is something that resonates very deeply with me. And so I don't regret it is what I was going to say. Yeah. But also, I would like to tell you about La Sayona in Venezuela. She uh, is a violent spirit. We just did all that lovely talk about, um, like, tragedy and, like, these tragic figures of uh, these women who were uh, victims of this great violence. And I, uh, this is actually, this is a slightly different, this is a different one. (laughs) Uh, In 19th century Venezuela, there was a young woman named Casilda who was renamed in her death, uh, La Sayona, after the Spanish word for executioner, which is Sayon. She was a striking beauty, uh, but she was happily married and had a son. So, like, all these men would throw themselves at her feet, and she would say, no, I have my family. I don't have any Mm -hmm. time for you. And she was this very devoted wife, and one besotted villager who refused to give up his quest for her finally, like, approached her and said, like, well, your husband is having affairs. Like, why aren't you comfortable having affairs? Which is horrible. This guy's a jerk. But, like, revealed to her that her husband was having an affair with her mother. Um. Which is some real... Not his mother. Her mother. Uh, still bad. Not Oedipus bad. He's still really bad. Oh, still terrible. Uh, so she returned to her home and, in a jealous rage, uh, killed her husband, then attacked her mother with a machete... Her mother then placed a curse on her, whereby she would forever exact revenge on men who strayed from their wives. Which seems like more of a curse on unfaithful men than it does Mm -hmm. on Casilda, but I get it. So she was reborn as La Sayona, a spirit that attracts unfaithful men by asking for a cigarette. And then she (laughs) proceeds to, to, you know, do what murder ghosts do. Quite different narrative. Not mad about the di- quite different narrative. Not mad about a little bit more Lizzie Borden in this mix, but it's just interesting how vari- how much variety there is here. Uh, also on this list is the Kuchizaka Ona, who has her own episode, so we don't need to dive mm-hmm. into her. I will say that if you look up this article, their artistic rendering of her is like fat. I love is lovely. Um, 
Then there is the White Lady in the Netherlands and also Brazil. I mentioned the Brazilian iteration of her. Um, she also appears in the Netherlands. And actually, the Netherlands iteration of the White Lady, apparently, I haven't read it or watched it, but um, apparently Gillian Flynn, or Gillian Flynn, I don't know how you say her name, uh, references the White Lady in Sharp Objects. Oh, interesting. Is, okay. Uh, her book and also I don't think she references her in that there's a supernatural element intrinsic in the story but I do think like the imagery is used uh, of the white lady cool there it's it's basically the same story in the in the Netherlands in the Netherlands it's slightly different it's a bride who like a new bride who died soon after her Mm -hmm. wedding this one was actually as far as I can tell a tragic accident which is a little bit different as well this one's apparently the daughter of a lord who died in a barn fire the day of her wedding so she haunts in her wedding dress uh oh no it's just kidding she's seeking vengeance on the jealous nobleman arsonist responsible for her death well there you have it i mean who among us has not tried to seek vengeance on a jealous nobleman arsonist so uh, the, there's actually a couple I won't talk about that are in this article that because they dress in other colors. There's a lady in red and a lady in brown, the brown lady uh, in England. Mm-hmm. But there is one more lady in white on this list, and that is Mainak, who is from Thailand. And this is a Thai legend dating back to the 1800s, which, funny enough, seems to be where a lot of these stories start to kind of kick around. And a lot of that's because that's when it became easier for people to write about these things and have more of a public audience. But also, I I do think that if you look kind of at the history of people being really into ghosts, the 1800s is definitely when that kind of starts to kick around. But Mm -hmm. although we've Let's be honest, we've always been really into ghosts, just as a species. But there's a legend from Thailand that tells the story of Mainak, who unfortunately, nothing, like, it was also, was actually died in a sort of, I don't want to say accident, but a thing that was common at the time, which is died in childbirth. Mm-hmm. She yeah. was a woman married to a soldier, a handsome soldier. They lived along the banks of the Phrakanong Canal, and... He was conscripted to go to war, and while he was away, while her husband was gone, she died during childbirth. So this is one of those sort of the ghost that tries to reconnect with the lost loved ones. So he returned from war and would see his wife in the house sleeping next to their son. Um, And then he realized she was a ghost when she, according to this entry, stretched her arm beyond normal human limits to pick up a lime. Uh, and look, this story why is Why can't not... I hold all these lines? <laughs> and look, this story is not funny in any way except for that. That is really funny, and I'm sorry. But she also could have just bent over to pick up the lime. Like, why did she stretch her arm out? Weird flex, but okay. Like, like she could have just kept playing the game and let her husband think he didn't know she died. Like, he could have just... She could have just really leaned Yikes. into it and acted like, I am... Normal. I am human wife. Yes, all is well. I am not a ghost. Like, but no. And then actually, and then it's sad. Davis, he was terrified because he didn't know she had died and saw this ghost. He fled to a temple on holy ground where she could not enter. So devastated at losing her husband a second time, she terrorized the villagers and then was put in a clay jar because she's a ghost. Oh, she's not like, okay. you know, a corporeal human woman. Right. So how'd they put her in there? I don't know. That doesn't tell me... Um, a funnel? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, a ghost funnel? Yeah. I don't like yeah, so anyway, I get she was, it. some local fishermen found the jar in a river and broke it open, and she came, got to be free. Uh, but there's a shrine constructed for her at um, Wamahabut Temple in Thailand, and lots of people visit to this day to receive her blessings and her guidance. So she's not portrayed as being like an evil spirit or even really a vengeful spirit or anything. She's just truly just sad, which is huh. kind of, yeah. No, she's truly just kind of sad, but it seems like, not to say that there's any version of this story that is fully happy, but it seems as if she at the very least was allowed to, or not allowed, but was able to achieve some sort of peaceful, because her visiting her her shrine is not uh-huh. just meant to be like a way to pay respects, but you're supposed to actually be able to receive like blessings from Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. So it seems as though she's sort of become a peaceful kind of 
helper figure. Huh. She's had a really, like, and I do not say this to trivialize the story. I say this genuinely, like, with all the love in my heart. She's had a really, really, really interesting character arc. Yeah, no kidding. I felt, I, I'm still a little confused about why she had to do that to pick up the lime. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I also don't know. Maybe it fell down a very deep hole that no one could reach, and she had to just stretch her arm out Mr. Fantastic style to grab it. I think it was probably just more of, like, a not-thinking thing. Like, you know, mm. you you go for so long keeping up this charade, and then finally it's just, like, one thing that gets you, right? It's just, like, a lime falls at a weird place, and you're like, oh, let me grab that. And next thing you know, your arms are bent over backwards, and, like, you're trying to explain oh, yourself no. to your very alive family, and it's just not working out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's fair, actually. It's sort of like when you forget you're in public and you, like, smell your armpit or something. Um, it's just... Exactly you know, like it's that. It's just a reflex. Exactly. I have a couple more I'd like to fire off. I know this episode's going to be a little longer, but also, don't you want me to pack as much ghost into the... as mu- Just as they put a ghost in a clay jar... We are going to fit so many ghosts into the proverbial clay jar of our podcast. Of our podcast. So don't listen to it or you're freeing the ghosts, I guess. Um, But you're already Uh, this far, so we might as well just receive our blessing and the blessing is more ghosts. Congratulations. (laughs) My favorite blessing. (laughs) I think that circles all the way back around, so here we go. Yep, I love a Russian doll just full of ghosts. Okay, so there's actually a compilation on listverse.com, which I love because I'm sorry I'm what's wrong with the internet now. I love a listicle. And Estelle Thirtle, on January 24th, 2018, so very recently, compiled 10 global versions of The Legend of the Lady in White. So some of these cross over with some we've already seen, but some of them do not. Now, this does mention that there is are there's pretty much a different version of this story for every state in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to, they or not I'm, they did. They did it for me. They just picked one of them. Um, this is, the, there's a story of a ghostly woman wandering through the Durand Eastman Park in, I'm sorry, Irondequoit? 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 No, I-R-O-N-D-E-Q-O or Q-U-O-I-T. It's a town in Monroe County in New York. Uh, I wish they just said a town in Monroe County in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. So, before it was a park, it was the home of a woman and her teenage daughter. They rarely left the house because the daughter was really beautiful and the woman was really protective of uh, her. because. same. Yeah. And she was really protective of her because she was worried that, like, because so many men were trying to marry her and she was worried that someone would try to take advantage of her or, like, just she just didn't want. Honestly, I sympathize fully with this mother. So the daughter loved her mother and respected her wishes, but she also wanted to, you know, be where the people are. No teenage girl wants to just stay inside all the time. Like, or no, or I did actually, never mind. But, like, in this, this teenage girl did not mm-hmm. want to stay inside all the time. But one night she left home to go for a walk and she never returned. So her mother was totally just engulfed in grief. She believed that her daughter had abandoned her and run off with one of the men in the village. Neighbors believed that she had been killed. And then wearing a long flowing white dress twist you probably thought the daughter was going to be the ghost the mother started walking around looking for her daughter at night and she died not knowing what happened to her so she still oh no looks for the dog or looks for the dog good god i'm just i read the word dog because um visitors to the park reported seeing a white figure floating toward them followed by two dogs so I don't know if there are ghost dogs, like the dogs that were the ghosts of the dogs she used to help ghost, look for dogs, her daughter. Ghost, dogs, ghost, dogs, ghost, dogs. Okay, so for you and for, honestly, for me to feel better about this poor woman, let's say that she has two ghost dogs that accompany ghost her. Ghost dogs! Um, and she haunts the park, rising from the lake in the park, uh, and she looks for her daughter, which is very sad. And uh, again, though, plot twist, because I bet you thought it was going to be the daughter who was the ghost, but no. Um... There's also a ghost in Portugal. This one has a fun, or kind of, not necessarily fun, but has an interesting uh, internet connection. Okay. Because this legend sort of picked up steam a couple of years ago when a chain message with a video made the rounds on Facebook. Um, It was supposed to be showing this ghost. Like, it was spreading this thing it was supposed to it was like one of those chain letters you know those like forward to eight people Uh or this ghost will haunt you it was that um so these kids 
The kids now have Momo. The kids two years ago had Teresa Fidalgo, who was a hitchhiker. And the video shows her being picked up, and then it shows her pointing to a spot in the road where she died years earlier, causing people in the car to panic and crash. It's definitely, like, a fake video. It's, like, green screeny. Like, you know what I'm talking about. It's like Absolutely, very- yeah. It's very found footage horror film. Like, it's fully not a real video. But it was a video that popularized this ghost story because there was apparently a car accident that the chain message claimed to link it to in Portugal in 1983 where a young woman died in the accident. And so there's this lady in white legend in Portugal where this girl wears a white dress, hitchhikes, and then is picked up. And then unlike the girl in the story version that I told who just kind of gets her ride and is like, thanks for the ride, this one uh-huh. in the car. And like, I'm, it's not funny, but it's kind of... I just appreciate the strength of the move. Tells people like, oh, yeah, that's where I died. And then they freak out and crash the car. Yo. <laughs> like, that's the thing is like, that's terrible. And it's sad that people are dying in car crashes in that scenario. But like, that is a bold move for a ghost. It really is. Yeah, that's like an intense <laughs> strategy. It's an intense strategy to just casually get in a car with some like some teens or like maybe a nice old couple and then drive for a few minutes and then go, oh, yeah, that's where I died over there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You see that house? Yeah. And that's where I died. (laughs) Um, I'm like super a ghost right now. (laughs) I like that you think she's doing it not to scare them, but to just sort of flex that she's dead. (laughs) Yeah. There's also a Swiss version of the Lady in White legend that started out as a ghost of a man that came, like, it's sort of, the story sort of shifted. It started out with a ghost of a man that came out of this uh, shoulder of highway that runs through the Belkin Tunnel and would ask for a ride. And then as soon as somebody offered a lift to him and he got in the car, this is one of the more mild ones, too, that I love, he would just disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's a ghost. And then that story morphed into the story of an older, very pale woman dressed in all white. Supposedly in September of 1983, two young women picked up the woman. It's important for you to know for this story, I guess, that they're two female lawyers. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I I do like knowing that. I like knowing that. Excuse me. And they gave her a ride through the tunnel. Um, They asked her if she was sick, if she was feeling sick, she was acting strange, she was pale, and she said she was. Then out of the blue, the woman said that something terrible would happen soon and disappeared from the car. Then they drove to the nearest restaurant and called the police because they were obviously shaken up, and they reported what had happened. And then an article about the incident made headlines in Switzerland. So... It's unknown who the white lady may have been when she was alive. It's thought she may be the victim of an accident in the tunnel and is unable to cross over, but she's a pretty mild one. She just kind of, at the very mildest, just gets in your car and then vanishes, and at the worst, says some sort of vague portent of doom and then disappears. And even then, the worst she's doing is, like, making you uncomfortable. Yeah, seriously. And, like, who amongst us has never gotten in an Uber and revealed a vague portent (laughs) of doom? Something, just get in an Uber and the driver says, how are you doing? And you stare into the middle distance and say, something awful will happen. (laughs) And then you disappear. Uh, They say, you're not from around here, are you? And you say, no. No, I'm not. I was once a long time ago. Yeah, right. So where where are we headed tonight? Oh, just a place I used to live. <laughs> and that, by the way, is what ghosting is now. It's not when you don't text someone back. It's when you get in a Lyft or Uber or other rideshare and you are a ghost. And, and you are a ghost, yep. So there's also uh, one of the most famous ghosts in Ireland, back to uh, uh, a, a country that holds a lot of a special place in our heart for both of us. There is a white lady of Kinsale. I've been to Kinsale. Oh, so have I. Um, I loved Kinsale. Yeah. Well, there's a ghost there. I imagine there are several. There are many ghosts in Ireland. I went inside some old castles while I was there. Those those guys are haunted as hell. So her story dates back to the 1600s. A soldier at Charles Fort got married, and he and his new bride stayed over at the fort on their wedding night. And unfortunately... This one's a sad one. I'll put some... This This episode's going to have hella content warnings because sad stuff. He missed his watch duty. He fell asleep. He was attacked by a, an, another soldier and he died. Oh, devastated no. bride. Yeah, devastated bride couldn't come to terms with it and jumped from the top of a wall surrounding the fort. So 
Many years later, children started reporting seeing a woman dressed in a white wedding dress smiling at them from within the fort. Soldiers' families would visit the fort only to have children tell stories of meeting or seeing the white lady. Many captains reported being pushed down the stairs by an invisible presence. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm laughing because she, I like that this ghost's MO is to smile front and be friendly to children and then push adult men down the stairs. I mean, listen, same. No, I kind of like it. She's sad and I feel bad for her. But yeah, she apparently moves around in Kinsale where she used to live. And that's the thing. I love ghosts like this that just kind of, depending on who you are, like if you're a little kid there visiting the fort, then she's just going to like wave at you and be nice and smile. And, hey like, kid, what's up? You're cute. Like make, yeah, like make a funny face maybe. Because like it's a kid. They're cute. Yeah. And then if they're a captain, you know, the kind of person who was responsible perhaps for her husband dying, she's going to push you down the stairs. Look, they're clearly not dying because it says they're reporting being pushed down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So they're fine. Right. They're fine. Like they're fine. There's actually, I've seen this story. This is another, a lot of women in white haunt roadways. This next one, um, there is uh, in Manila. Uh, there's a woman, a woman in white who's been haunting Belete Drive since the 1950s. She is the one who sits in the, she likes to sit. She doesn't, as far as I can tell, she doesn't get in the cabs. Like she doesn't like hail a cab and get in it. She like appears in the backs of cabs and just oh. sits there quietly waiting for the cab driver to notice her in the rearview mirror. And then he gets very scared. Oh. It's believed that she was killed by a cab driver when she was alive, so she singles them out to scare them and make them crash. Uh, Yikes. There's also another version of the story that says that she appears at 3 a.m. to cab drivers seeking their help to escape something like terrible, like something scary or like that she's being chased by somebody. And the drivers drive in a circle or a loop for hours and can only stop when they start praying and turn their shirts inside out. Oh my gosh. You know. Totally normal behavior. Yeah, you know, just like a, well, Alex, if you have a ghost, aren't you going to try like anything you can? Uh, I guess so. But wearing my pajamas inside out is what I do for snow days. I didn't know you were supposed to wear your clothes inside out for ghost hauntings. Oh, yeah. You wear your clothes inside out for ghosts, snow days. Anytime you just kind of need to get out of a bind, whether that's a math test or a ghost forcing you to drive in circles and circles forever and ever and ever through eternity. Yeah, that makes sense. Those definitely have the same energy. So in 1870 in Australia, a cold schooner, is it schooner? Yes. Ran aground of the central coast during inclement weather. However, luckily everyone survived and the area was named after the ship, which was the Janet Dixon. That's Jenny Dixon Beach. So Jenny Dixon Beach. Um, in 1973, Raymond Grove and a group of his friends held a party at the beach and fell asleep by the campfire. Campfire. I am a mess. So Weird. as he was about to fall asleep, he saw something in the greenery surrounding the beach. He saw a woman wearing a long white dress that looked like the style of the 1800s. He woke his friends up and they began throwing objects at the woman like little assholes. Wow, super rude. But the objects passed right through her. The men ran away, heading up the stairs to the place where their car was parked. And then after they calmed down a bit, they ran back down only to run into the woman who blocked them from going any further down the stairs. Doing research later, he found out that there was a woman whose son had gone overboard during a shipwreck at the beach. He believes that the woman they saw is the mother looking for her son. So uh, that's Jenny Dixon Beach. I have a couple more because I've stuck in a whole bunch here at the end and I have so many open tabs I never even used because I got so distracted talking about how many feelings I have. About oh my ghosts. gosh. Well, let's maybe pick like, like one or two more. I okay. feel like some of these we can get around to with other ghost stories later. No, we definitely can. And that was what I was going to say. Um, eventually, I'll use this research later for other stuff. I, I got very overzealous. I want everyone to know that I have like nine tabs open on my computer right now. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fine. I think that, like, honestly, the commentary and the discussion of it is more interesting than just, like, stories people can oh, no, totally. Google by themselves. So, Oh, but then they don't get to hear our great thoughts about the cool stories. I know, but you know what? Um, maybe if they go to our Patreon and uh, help us get to our live show goal, then they can hear us talk about more stuff then. Mm-hmm. True. So, the good stuff isn't free in this world, folks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You've been getting our second-rate podcast content for too Alex, long. that's not true. <laughs> it's not. No. Don't say this that. This is as good as it gets, folks. You're right. Oh, no, don't do that either. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I sit here. But I do want to talk about this woman in Scotland in the 17th century um, where this man named James Forrester was having an affair with his married niece. 
Lady Christian oh. Nemo, really classy James. And so when they were supposed to have a rendezvous um, within the castle grounds, he arrived drunk and in a bad humor. He basically, they were having an argument. It escalated quickly. By the way, plot twist. <laughs> he did not murder her in a drunken rage. The argument got so heated that she killed him with his own sword. And so then she was oh. executed after because they did not accept her appeal of self-defense because old-timey people were the worst. Um, and so it is said she wore a white gown with a hood on the day of her execution. And it is in this attire that she's spotted around the castle grounds carrying the weapon she used to kill her lover. That one's, like, salacious to me. Like, I love that one. She's like... The thing about executions is that it does mean you have an opportunity to pick your own ghost outfit. Exactly. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> and she chose really well. Do you think she knew she was going to be a ghost? It sounds like she had a pretty good idea. She wore a white gown with a hood. Oh, you're right. She knew. Um, I just, I also like a ghost that haunts with a weapon. Mm-hmm. I like a ghost that haunts with a sword. It's like, it's not enough that I can't die. I want to make sure someone else does. (laughs) Or at the very least, it just makes for an incredibly intimidating silhouette. Just a hood, long white gown, sword. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I want to leave it on a ghost with a sword energy because, oh my God, there's so many more... (laughs) Uh, there's a town in Franconia, which is the northern region of the state of Bavaria in Germany, has a legend about Device of Clau, the white lady. That's a, a ghost that walks around scaring people. Um, and uh, that's, but I won't, I don't have time because there's so much, but it's fine. It's fine. But uh, there's an, there's a fun little story about a, excuse me, there was a guide uh, who says a visitor approached a lady and asked if there were ghosts in the city. And she replied, I've lived here 500 years and never seen one. So I'm going to leave you guys with that because she's a prank. Cause this ghost's a prankster. I do love that energy. That is good. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things. I love the idea of a ghost kind of leaning into it and just kind of like messing with people in pretty low stakes mm-hmm. ways. Like... Yeah. Being able to... God, imagine having the power to, like, be the one who says the, like, (laughs) that bathroom hasn't been used for 80 years. Uh, Yeah, right. Or be like, I'm Mrs. Smith, knowing that someone's going to ask about Mrs. Smith later and be like, Mrs. Smith died in 1852. Mm -hmm. Now that is strong. It is extremely strong. I respect Mm -hmm. it. I love it. I was going to say, do you have a favorite? Just to wrap it up, I don't really have, I don't really want to rate her, but I do want to ask, do you have a favorite kind of generic ghost story that I didn't touch on this episode? Because I told a couple generic kind of campfire stories, or in my experience, they were school bus stories because I hung out with a lot of creepy kids and we wanted to spook each other on the bus. Um, Ooh, man. Generic ghost stories. mm. I think that pretty much all of my favorite uh, generic ghost stories fall into the realm of like revenge ghosts who are like who disguise themselves as some totally normal like everyday human and then get the like person who did the crime to confess to it and then like reveal themselves Ooh. you know what I mean right oh yeah ghostly That's- justice yeah, I think that's my favorite. Yes. Like, maybe it's a ghostly bartender or something, and, like, the person comes in and, like, finally just admit to everything, and then they're like, haha, well, guess what? Like, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good choice. Okay, good choice. Thanks. <laughs> I've already told a couple of my favorites today, so those are those. But, yeah, I like a ghost story, and I love ghosts when they're in the kind of, ooh, spooky, which I ended on kind of a little bit. Mm. But I also love them for sort of the weight that their stories carry and sort of... Also, there's a reason ghost stories are in every culture, in every place throughout the entirety of human history. We just have this relationship with death and loss. And mm-hmm. we, I think, not only... One, I believe in ghosts, and this is not me saying that in, like, a everything on this show is real way. This is, like, a wholehearted Addison Addison Peacock believe in ghosts. Um, And I think also, but I think also we want that so badly, even when they're scary, even when it's frightening or sad or upsetting. We want to believe in that so much. And that's why you see them everywhere. more than anything, we want to believe in the idea that things persist after death. And whether that's we want to believe that, like, we will still 
mean something, that people literally won't be allowed or able to forget us. Um, but I think we also want yes. to know that, like, our hurts and the things that are stressful or, like, tragic or, or horrible to us, that the grief that we think will never be done with, like, processing, um, we want to believe that other people are going to have to confront it. Yes. And I think that's probably the best thought to wrap this up on. I would like to extend a thank you to our home at the Lunar Night... Oh my god! At the Lunar, <laughs> Lunar Night, Night Network. Network is what we call it for Halloween. <laughs> That's when you put it on night mode, like I just did with my Twitter yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you send, you send the Lunar Light Moon emoji to someone else in your Discord chat, and then you unlock Lunar Night Mode. So thank you to the Lunar Light Network, which is our uh, podcast network home and home to many a great show, um, some of which uh, Ending Pending, Netflix and Kill, Tin Pan Diddly Doo. Uh, there are so many. I always forget what a podcast is when it's time to name <laughs> uh, show. Do you know yeah, what I no, mean? I totally get it. There's Overwitch. There's The Good Boys Girls. There's What You Call It, um, Artificial Ghost Radio, and others. And others. And a big thank you to our in-house composer, Andrew Giada, who is responsible for writing our theme music. Big thanks to our audio wizard, Val Patron, who makes us sound so pretty every week. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Alex, for bearing with me on this journey today. There are absolutely <laughs> more ghost episodes to come because I didn't get to talk about nearly as many things as I was going to. I know. And thank you for bringing something that you're very passionate about to the table today. It's always fun to listen when people talk about things that they're like super, super into. So thank you very much. A good time. So as always, friends, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.